Welcome to the ABC of Ita. Welcome to the ABC of Ita. Another show after thank a you. long, long time. After a long time. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, beautiful addition to the interlude. Uh, your I beautiful f- voice. I feel very baroque today. Yes. Um, that was a very emotional uh, addition. You know, back in back then, mm-hmm. that's the way they sang. Where back in <laughs> the baroque times, you mean? Yes. That's the way they sang. They sang, but uh, now, but now they've lo- we've lost. There were no recordings. Obviously, we only have the notes, uh-huh. and people think it was like somber and you know straight. But actually, actually, that's I've I've read some anthropological research, and that's why they used to sing the songs. They like it's strange that when we. <laughs> When we hear Baroque recordings, they don't do it like this. <laughs> because they're uh, whitewashed and uh, modernized, but uh, inappropriately so. So you, you, you're, you're d- taking a position similar to um, like the people that do old music, that they, they do it with the old instruments. Exactly. So you are, uh, or uh, mm. you know how the ancient Greeks used to speak and there are different theories and mm. so on. You're taking a kind of... Um, you know, a purist R- position. Yeah, yeah, a research-based, evidence-based position. Okay. Uh, so we are back after a long time. I was ill. And I was in hospital. I was hospitalized. <laughs> As we say, a word from starting from H, because that's the concept of this show. The concept of this show is uh, hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> no, every week we discuss, every week. Like not really, but every two weeks, let's say, we discuss uh, the ideas, concepts, people, and music projects, starting from a specific letter of the English alphabet. Okay, and t- today's letter is the letter H, H. H, which means we've. This is which show? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. This H. is our eighth show. Wow. We've gone a long way. I think so. We've Wh- done all the good letters. When you s- when we started... Now no, we, we have some really good now letters. Now we have like all the garbage letters. No, like we have J. some nice, <laughs> nice letters. Uh, I mean, there's no, there's no bad letter. I mean, Q is kind of a shitty letter. Q is really crap. And, and, and X will be a bit of a difficult one. But nevertheless, <laughs> we, we continue. We would like to thank all our fans for... Uh, all three of them. ...tuning in and for... Saying, uh, like, uh, requesting the show to come back. Yeah. I know it's been agonizing without us. Like, are you are you returning? Are you not returning? Because m- loads of our fans, they've subscribed on our un- iTunes channel. Uh-huh. And now there's no new shows. There's, like, silence coming from their iPhones. And uh, should we say to our uh, lovely <coughs> audience that we also have uh, a new Facebook page. Oh, and this selling out. Selling out completely. Uh, I was opposing having a Facebook page. For very many years, you didn't really want us to have a Facebook page. Mm, yeah. It was part of the whole kind of mystique of being <laughs> sort of like unexpected <laughs> artists or something exactly. like this. But in the, the last year, the brand has been so sold out and... In so ap- many ways. ...appropriated and institutionalized... Mm that um, we realize that there's no point in pretending any longer to have any kind of... Uh, Underground credit. Yes. And so there is a FITA page, which you can now press like, and then you can 
um, yeah, get all the news and all the lovely things that we're posting. Lovely bits and pieces from our lives. We are going all the way to our uh, integration of uh, social media. Yes. And should we start with uh, today's uh, session, choose a letter or should we listen to a song uh, first? I think we've, we've said quite a few things. Let's listen to a song. Okay. What is it? We're gonna, I'm going to start with a band that I really like mm. and I think you quite like called the, the Honeymoon Killers. I really love them. Or the Le Tueur de la Lune de Miel. I didn't know the, that name. Yeah, they're Belgian, so they have they have like um, t- two names. <laughs> and this is the song... They should have a Flemish name too. Oh, maybe not. This is the song <laughs> called uh, Flat from their only one, one al- self-titled album. Right. Let's listen and come back in a minute. Dans son flat, elle écoute et puis tout le mac Et sirote dans son cognac Elle contemple son pied droit Téléphone à l'autre du fil ça sonne On dirait qu'il y a personne Elle regarde son pied gauche Elle a le pied Symétrique et opposé Elle a le pied Que mélange sous le Sa chevelure Elle a des guises en coiffure Concerne sa figure, elle maquille son œil droit, lui-même, en bras vomir du dans elle, mais elle trouve qu'elle est pas belle, et maquille son œil gauche, elle a le jeu, avec son nez au milieu, elle a le jeu, qu'elle envoie de son mieux. Mmh. Y'a des fois, ça va bien, y'a des fois, ça va mal, y'a des fois, ça va vraiment très mal. Sous sa bouche, elle est allée comme toute rouge. Elle écarquille la bouge, elle maquille au salaire supérieur, l'autre lèvre, la retrousse et la relève, elle y du rouge à lèvres, elle maquille au salaire inférieur, elle a le lèvre, nous j'imagine dans un rêve, qu'elle en a d'autres, plus que les deux autres. Hein? Y'a des fois, ça va mal, mais y'a des fois, ça va bien, y'a des fois, ça va vraiment très bien. Oh, okay. So we're back. We're back. The ABC of it all. Yes, it's back. Such a good show. It's a very good show. Everyone missed the show. Yeah. Yeah. What did they say? They said, "I wish there was more ABC of it But every day. Every day. They every morning, like a morning show. They want it every day in their lives. Like on radio, on BBC. BBC Radio. Yeah, Radio 4. Are <coughs> they going to give us a show? Mm, we are in discussions. Okay. The Brexit show. The Brexit show. <laughs> every morning we invite an, a, a European, minus Italians. Okay. <coughs> um... 
Shall we continue? No, actually, shall we start? Uh, shall we start? Let's start. So, uh, and uh, do I have do we have the the, the effects? There is no effects today, oh I'm afraid. Fucking hell! This austerity, austerity. is killing me. Uh, okay, let's do it the traditional way. I can do effects. First word of the day is hipsterism. Okay, hipsterism. Oh, that's an old-fashioned thing. <sighs> and a very difficult one, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's got it's gone like a really long way now. First of all, do people use hipster as an insult or as a self-identification anymore? I think in Greece they still use it. Okay. Um, and what do they mean? <sighs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we've been here for at least a year. Yes. So what are the things that are like the hipster things? What do they things? mean? I don't know. I mean. I don't really know. I mean, occasionally, I also feel like I want to be able to use it to distinguish between something and something else. Mm -hmm. But I'm not quite sure what that is. Um, okay, let's take things mm. from the beginning. From the very beginning. Not the Back very beginning. Back in the 50s. No, 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 no <laughs> not, not that much. Uh, from the beginning of the tense hipsterism. Okay. okay, so what was hipsterism was something to do with um uh i don't know a mixture of being cool and dressing up and being ironic i remember ironic that. maybe like wearing ugly ugly like sweaters and stuff and a strange connection to entrepreneurism no uh some Th kind was it Oh, it's so difficult to do this genealogy because you have you were in London at the time, whereas yes. I was in Athens. Um, yes, and that aspect was missing from the Athenian, uh, like the Nathan Barley aspect. Right. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, one can say that there isn't really hipsters in Athens. I mean, I think they tried mm. to create something. And what were the hipsters of Athens? Were maybe let's say the indie kids, the indie kids. No, I wouldn't say that exactly. I would say the um the, the, the coming from the genealogy of um the lifestyle magazines of the 90s okay and bringing that to a more contemporary um, maybe slightly metrosexual kind of okay way so um yeah this is what I, I would say. And, and and these in Athens are what? Like maybe a hundred people? No, I don't I don't imagine they're more than that. Okay. So hipsterism didn't really quite exist here, I think. Do, do you think that it existed really much? Um, yeah. And w and w like there were like many places that were like hipster places. What did that, what does that mean? You know, you can actually, let's say, you can infer the, the 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 existence of hipsters in Athens by the fact that nowadays the mainstream culture has appropriated loads of these images of the archetypical hipster, like the long beards and the mustaches. Yeah, but what did it mean? At, what did it mean at the beginning? If you think that it alternative, meant it meant you are like alternative. But there was always alternative here, like. What do you yeah. mean by alternative? Because alternative it has its connection to, I don't know, like going to um, 
a pub and listen to I don't know Iggy Pop. Yeah, but that's the thing. The, like hipster, the hipster thing is being alternative and wearing alternative clothes, but going to a club and hearing to trash music like that's the that's the hipster thing. That was not like the alternative scenes before that were very segregated by the mainstream in that sense. And that has changed. I mean, I'm not too sure about the trash music thing either. I think we Why? have we have quite different uh, descriptions of hipsterism. I think which mi- which might be the most interesting thing here. Okay. That because we've lived in quite different places, um, and like I, I, you lived in Athens when I lived in London, and you lived in London when I lived in Berlin. So mm-hmm. it was it was a kind of it's this kind of continuous. Uh, you know, mm. uh, um, chasing uh, chasing of of of, <laughs> of 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 the hype, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we we have as as you know slightly. I mean, I I don't think that uh, trash was particularly connected to hipsterism, from what I gathered. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right with the ironic thing, mm-hmm. but somehow I don't think. Uh, I think because the UK was always very much in touch with, um, with pop, pop culture, pop, yeah. I don't think that uh, the reappropriation of trash ever became anything. Okay. It was like always there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And in Greece, I think that the connection with hipsterism was not really connected to trash. I think trash, uh, for example, if you want to look at things like trash parties and so mm-hmm, on, these mm-hmm. are connected with maybe more macho sh- scenes, really. Okay. Um so I don't know it's very difficult to do to, to deal with hipsterism in Greece that is a country that totally lacks the sense of humor if if you want I see uh and and total lacks uh, notions of layers of irony and, and stuff like that whereas in let's say english speaking cultures mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just to speak very broadly this notion of multiple layers of irony is kind of ever present Okay, maybe it, it it helps to to complicate things. So, what is a hipster in Berlin? Um, I think I think, for example, Berlin didn't didn't really have such a hipster presence or hi- hipster infestation. Uh, uh, or <laughs> maybe, or maybe this is the. I mean, maybe maybe the interesting thing is that each place has its own hipsters. So, mm. for example, in Berlin, you could see. Um, kind of intersections of hipsterism and pornography mm. which is which you wouldn't see in most places really yeah absolutely um so i guess i guess my problem with with the question of hipsterism is that the people who and let's move on a little bit from the from the you know what it is the people who don't like hipsters i'm not sure what exactly they like so this kind of norm core um, response seems to me to call a little bit for like a normalization of stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm wondering to to which extent hi- behind hipsterism there is I don't know homophobia or um, um, a fear of uh, eccentricity and anything different and, and so on. Um, Absolutely, I mean especially in in. In places like London, the discourse around like the politics of uh, hipsterism is like, oh, the eccentric slash rich kids uh-huh. coming to like 
you know, the communities and ruining them by, you know, raising the prices, etc. So there are, there are several, there are for sure layers of um, different kinds of politicization there. But again, even even what you just described, I'm not sure exactly what it means. Um, I mean, um, we I, I remember we were uh, we once uh, did um, we performed in a place in Berlin, which was uh, back in the day when when Neukölln was quite a quiet neighborhood, <laughs> and uh, we performed uh, in uh, in this sort of Turkish neighborhood and um, we were a bit shocked that um, the guys who were running the space did not think that oh one good way of engaging the locals would be to have for example texts in Turkish mm. <laughs> like that was for them something oh that's a nice idea isn't it I was like okay well done <laughs> but then afterward oh no uh, then afterwards um, the when 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 uh, in my head i had decided okay this is like a gentrifying place and this mm -hmm. is not good and so on and we're speaking about gentrification which is slightly different but maybe not exactly slightly different mm. either maybe not exactly yeah. totally different um th we were doing an event and there were people on the streets there and uh, this uh, turkish old couple came and um, they told uh, m my friend oh it's really nice that you're doing this here and there are so many people now in this neighborhood and it's so happy and smiley yep. and it's not any longer this gloomy place and mm -hmm. so on. So, and, and I was a bit like, whoa, reality check here. Mm -hmm. um, so there is this, I don't I mean, know. It's very often that the gentrification critique is mainly uttered by those participating in the gentrification. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very difficult one. But anyway, we, we didn't yeah, speak about gentrification. We did in G episode. Okay. I know it was long before, and after your look, look, we're hospitalization. Yes, we're, we're, we're like 10 minutes in this hipster thing. Do we want to say much more? Yes. Okay, tell there me. There is what another thing that I want to ask you. Okay. Um... Do you think there is like less of a distinction between the mainstream and the alternative? Is there like a hipsterization, let's say, of the main mainstream? Do, do you agree with that, or or do you think that's also like not true? There is always I don't there is always an avant-garde and there is always a separation. I think so. I mean, I think I think okay. It's it's what is what is uh, very obvious to me is that mm -hmm. there is less of a need for tribes perhaps mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, or there is a bit more contact between different types of uh, youth cultures mm -hmm. um, but this idea that uh, you know something is uh, appropriated by a mainstream and uh, this has always happened mm, like okay. you know I am um, every I don't know every five years I remember something like this um, happening so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, w I wouldn't say that this is uh, particular to this this time i wouldn't say that hipsterism has brought like the end of culture or anything like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think this is nonsense um and i think you know the um, if anything i would say that youth cultures in the last uh, years have been much more political than in quite a few generations really mm -hmm. so to even insinuate that the internet generation is this sort of postmodern political thing is actually false mm. i'm not saying they're nice they can they they might the zenials might turn out to be completely monsters mm -hmm. but you cannot say they're ap 
apolitical or that they are, you know, mm-hmm. not interested in their things. Okay. Should um, we move to a second song? Yeah. And we will return to some of these discussions in our no- normcore M- N, N episode. episode. Yes. I think. And uh, since we went a little bit into the internet, I would like to play a song mm-hmm. which sort of is a is a beautiful proto-internet reference Very um, nice. about finding uh, partners through the computer. It's uh, the hypothetical prophets and person to person. I love it. Satisfaction guarantee as seen 
with decadent inclinations is seeking an older man to cosset and amuse me. Looks no object. It's your soul I want. It's your soul. It, it's your soul I want. We're back. We're back. This is a really good song. Ah, it's a fantastic song, and actually <coughs> has quite um, you know, it, it has really quite uh, nice lyrics. Um, it, it says mm-hmm. at some point that uh, you Latin lovers. Uh, Move on, move on. I want a, a double-chested, hairy-breasted, uh, act, a rich and active father figure. Very nice. <laughs> um, which you know, I mean, it's like aren't it's we all for a <laughs> for an <laughs> early '80s song? This is a uh, you know posthumous, super cool. Um, yes, and uh, you're listening to the ABC of Vita. A very good podcast. Always at uh, Beton Seven Art Radio. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a next word. N- um, yeah, we're yes. gonna take a next word. A next concept. Concept. The next word of the day is hiccups. 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 Why? Why would we want to talk about hiccups? Listen, listen. Yes. Do you know me? I know you. It's one of the biggest um, challenges in my life. Hiccups. And now I have this fantasy. Conceptually. I, I, will, I would talk about hiccups and then someone would be like, what you describe sounds like the symptom of a very serious illness. <laughs> have you checked your liver or something? Um, you don't I have lo- you, I you look, you don't mean metaphorical hiccups. No, no, no. no, let's, no. Let's, uh, let's what is metaphorical hiccups? Hiccups. I don't know. You could say that... Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe if a, if a problem persists or something oh, like fuck this. Sake. No, 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 no. I mean about hiccups, like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have hiccups very often. I know. And they're, like, and, loud. And I, and I annoy you because I tell you that I never have more than two in my life. Yeah. <laughs> How is that possible? I, I, for example, if I eat a lot of bread, maybe occasionally I've had, like, three, but it's <laughs> never more than that. Yeah, the and thing if, is, in fact, with I, my I, I once told you that I'm jealous that you get these hiccups and you get stuck, <laughs> and because I never actually ha- got to this feeling so of of getting stuck. It, with it, it, it all started in school. The, the hiccups. Do you want the psychoanalysis of my hiccups? Yes. So I remember I would get the hiccups in school in the class, uh-huh. and everyone would laugh. Uh-huh. What like we could hear it? Yeah, because I, that's the thing. My hiccups is very, very loud. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm getting coughing as uh, you as you're describing hiccups. Uh, that's not at all psychological. <laughs> <laughs> that's not at all psychosomatic. <laughs> I had I had <laughs> had any coughing for like week. <laughs> yeah, go on. And everyone is laughing. So uh, because my hiccups is very loud, and very persistent. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher at some point would be like, okay, you have to leave. Because they couldn't teach, basically, because everyone would laugh like and laugh and laugh. And there was an element of humiliation. Uh-huh. But, 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 as with all reasons, yes. there was an element of pleasure as well. Because A, yes. I was entertaining the crowds, mm-hmm. as I'm really fond of. Mm-hmm. B, I would end up like, going out having like to drink some water and stuff which like is that. a nice thing you know Very like nice a break from the from the one hour of classroom is nice so i think that's the root of my longer and annoying hiccups like this positive reinforcement coming from the greek educational system uh-huh. 
Nevertheless, I've worked a lot on this symptom. You know what? Like really, like annoys the shit out of me uh -huh. when when I get the hiccups and someone's like, "You have to do that." Yeah, it's, like it's like, like <laughs> yeah. Thank you for uh, for your input. You just have to hold your breath and whisper elephants 30 times uh, <laughs> yeah and always always counts as like common sense always like uh, you have to just say donkey three times don't you know it yeah while drinking <laughs> while drinking water like everyone knows hello this trick. Yeah. hello <laughs> all, all your life why have you suffered <laughs> you know The, although I know that all of this is bullshit, I do them every time they tell me something new. I try just like out of curiosity. Maybe okay. I wasn't lucky enough to have heard of the right. Right. <laughs> so actually, the past year, myself, I found of a, of a treatment of my hiccups. Okay. Which actually works. It's not water. It's not like any weird like spell or something. Basically, what I do when I get the hiccups is I press the diaphragm uh, under my um, how you call it the the chest the, under my chest yeah. uh, and how it's called these bones like the, the the ribs. Yeah, I press under the ribs yeah. where where my stomach is. Yeah. And it really works, like a charm. It's like an on-off pattern. So I don't know. Maybe I found after all this. How did you find it? Did you read about that? Mm, I tried to real, like you know, the there is no explanation why Or people did you, have. Did you get the um, hiccups I during a bondage <laughs> session, and then suddenly up? No, no, no. Because I, I was reading a lot about the the science of hiccups, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there is no explanation why people have hiccups. Right. Um, You've told me this before. Like, uh, so I, so basically it's an unconscious um, contraction of the diaphragm. Uh-huh. So I was like, what happens if I actually, where is, what is the fucking diagram? What is a diaphragm? So it's what is between the organs and the lungs, basically. Uh-huh. So I was like, what if I touch it? And I touched it and... It was cured. Yeah. Have you <laughs> shared with uh, the internet your find? No, I want to... You know, I'm like, whatever, fuck you. All of my life you used to tell me all this bullshit. I'm not going to give you the answer. <laughs> backwards frog counting. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for sharing with us this... Thank you for asking. ...this intimate uh, story. It was really, like... It is a really important part of my life. My and uh, I don't want to say anything anymore because um, about hiccups because I I I feel that you've you've done uh, you know a good job a good job and also you've shared something with us which was personal and you yeah. know in this uh, <laughs> in this show we appreciate the emotional moments Absolutely. the tender moments mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in the line of these tender moments yes. I'm going to play you a song mm -hmm. um, from a weirdo electronic artist from the 60s called Bruce Hack. Okay. do you know Bruce Hack? no he made a lot of strange like electroacoustics but for kids and stuff oh that guy and I'm going to him. play a song called Saint Basil mm-hmm which is called St. Basil mm -hmm. because it's referring to the 
children's uh, carols with uh, the same name, which is samples. Uh, oh, nice. You, uh, I, I discovered that through Natasha, my friend, and it's a very nice uh, mm. tune. Send Basil, Bruce Huck. Let's listen to it. Listen, Miss Nelson. As we orbit the planet of singing mice, we can hear the cute little Greek cathedral children's mouse choir singing a song called Saint Basil. <laughs> you like that song? I love that <laughs> song. <laughs> it's really Fita-esque. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for it's sharing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. that <laughs> Someone it, did it. Someone actually did it. And not like now in the time <laughs> of, you know, like YouTube whatever mix. In yeah. In si 1960s and recorded on an actual record. I'm really curious about the story behind this recording. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm afraid I don't know much <laughs> more. Yeah. But uh, Bruce Huck, really interesting figure, actually, and um, yeah. quite a fascination with children's things. Suspicious. Uh, it wouldn't fly well nowadays. <laughs> Not so well nowadays. Anyway, <laughs> should we move on to our <coughs> next word? Yes. Oh, no, that sounded like a gun. <laughs> Like <laughs> it's like Florida special. <laughs> That's <laughs> not a nice joke. <laughs> you know, it's 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 America is a fucked up place. Uh huh. That's all. Uh, go okay. on, go all on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the next word is yeah, hoaxes. Hoaxes. Okay. Mm -hmm. mm. We are like hoax specialists, aren't we? They say so, yeah. They, they say we're pranksters and stuff. We also say that. 
I mean, they say so, but they we, say so, we but we actually we also mention it on uh, on various texts. But we actually, <laughs> are we? Are we? Or are you? Think or are we just like pranking with being pranksters? <laughs> It's too smart for the people to understand what we actually do. But I think uh, being pranksters doesn't mean you're not smart. No, actually, I hate pranks, first of all. First of all, what hoaxes, of I hate them. No, wait, pranks you it's hate. It's a different thing. Not hoaxes. You Ho- like hoaxes. What is a hoax? Hoax is when like you... seriously, I don't know what is a hoax. Hoax is when you... Uh, a fake news kind of thing. Yeah, when yeah. you make fake news, yeah. No, we like that. And... Uh, Maybe a little bit less than news, mm. something that is like has a v- virality and goes mm. around. Something, yeah, something that affects the common sense right. in a way. We uh, do it all the time. We That's do it all the time, and we love it actually. Main so. favorite uh, media. Absolutely. So you can't really. Say Would you that. like to to speak a little bit about Pran- some of pranks? Are different. Pranks are like uh, you know. Yeah, it's stupid like stupid things. Yeah, like changing coffee with like poison and. <laughs> 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 that would be a prank. Yes. <laughs> I would classify that as <laughs> rather severe. <laughs> Attempted murder. <laughs> Exchanging coffee with poison, right? Um, <laughs> that's what that's what Putin says. It's just a prank, bro. And I thought I thought it would be you would say exchanging coffee with like salt or something like this <laughs> and then poison okay um yeah so no mm. we're not talking about pranks we're no. talking about hoaxes hoaxes um and i really so like the, di- hoaxes. the difference with fake news basically is that the hoaxer is basically attempting to like have a meta kind of comment where at some point there he's like or she's like uh what the fuck you're all stupid uh yeah i guess i mean i mean I, I don't know it's an interesting point you're you're making i mean i don't know if if a hoax as a <laughs> as a term inside it, it it includes the 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 uncovery of of the, of the truth yeah i'm not i'm not totally sure but i think yeah maybe it's used like like that mm. although for example there is this web um a fa- facebook page called greek hoaxes oh my god i wanted to tell you about just them. has just has fake news okay so can we talk about this okay because i'm furious at them uh-huh okay let's first say why they're important what Wh- is the good thing that they i do? mean they they in general they they do a lot of uh you know they uh, uncover a lot of common sense it's like I think the the, the American is Snopes.com, I think, that does the same thing or something like that. So basically, there is a fake news going around in social media and they are like basically researching it. Yeah, and if if there is not enough, uh, you know... Evidence. Evidence, then it's like fake or something like that. Or if there is uh, evidence contra that. Mm. But as with all liberal things, last week they published the wage gap debunked so basically they they published an article explaining why women get paid less for very practical reasons really yeah i was like oh oh, i knew that deep inside you weren't that great and but i appreciate what you did but i mean i i don't think it's like one person it Mm. probably is a number of people 
who yeah. are who are connected let's say by common sense but slightly different politics yeah but it's mostly like liberal like uh it's not very political in that sense okay they they don't care about you know the context and the historical it's plot. interesting you mentioned that because um i mean i mean it kind of um makes me think of something to do with the fact that um oh god such a long what? sentence and i haven't actually said anything yeah yeah um, you're you're getting it okay uh, you, you know this project that uh, that uh, i did last year with um our friend Athanasius called the Kumena TV on demand. I know of that it's project. It's difficult. To, it's <laughs> difficult to describe it to the audience, but it's a, let's say largely a project that um, we are to these two um, mm. psych- slightly weird um, kind of conspiracy theorist characters that talk yeah. about art. So it's mm-hmm. a very strange mixture of stuff. Anyway, we 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 consider the project uh, apart from a project of over identification. We consider mm. this project a project <coughs> that has let's say, generally progressive politics or hints towards that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Iro- with irony and so on. Yeah. But recently we found out that um, quite a few of the people that actually like the, proj- like, like the project are um, kind of, I don't know, conservatives or, mm. or something like this. Oh, it's the same like with, um, with uh, Stephen Colbert who did for many years uh, the persona of a crazy Republican uh-huh and then but i know i think because he's american it wasn't as subtle so everyone knew but i think some people liked him as as conservative and what i meant to say i guess is that that the you know I, being liked by by such people you start realizing oh my god this notion of the debunking of myths mm. is also something that interests neoliberals and and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Uh, parts of the spec of the political spectrum that they don't uh, we don't necessarily align with yes um and you could say something similar about for example mm-hmm. areas like atheism and so absolutely on. i mean that's exactly when i saw that article i was like oh yeah that's such a i'm atheist i support reason and yeah, yeah. reason is male and white and middle class and everyone else should die <laughs> well i mean you know that's basically if you it's if a you bit like if, that. You, if you've read a bit but of postcolonial theory you know how you know reason and all these like you know enlightenment values are coming with always come with uh you know this side effect but it's strange we're 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 kind of, of we genocide we see well nice very nice <coughs> nice touch thank you uh we're welcome. Welcome. we we seem to be now to be a kind of aligned against those things but we 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 do them in our practice quite a bit unless we used to do them and we don't what, do them what, anymore. what do we do tell like me like hoaxes for example i mean you know you're you're um yeah yeah we do why do we do hoaxes then i think is reality is our medium i think we like creating stories and that are kind of um more kind of um blurring the boundaries of of narrative and you know uh history and uh, news and i don't know i think it's really fascinating because everyone does it right right now like uh, everyone does this like bending of reality um using you mean all the bad social people media do it. yeah yeah all yeah the bad people not everyone like the artists for example no most artists do they paint on the wall <laughs> 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 or they go and uh, give out uh, like food, food in the square. Yeah, yeah, yeah cooking. Cooking tomatoes. Mm. Yeah, 
It's really difficult cooking lots of tomatoes, you know. As uh, yeah, today I was cooking a lot of tomatoes and for eight people, you want a red sauce. People think a red sauce is easy, but once you want to make a red sauce for eight people or twenty, as I was cooking today, yeah, you the it's very difficult getting the umami factor. It's really difficult, but thank God, I managed. You did. Um, is that enough about hoaxes? I think so, yeah. Okay, let's move on to uh, one of my favorite German artists called Holger Hiller. Oh, I love him. Of the band uh, Palais Schaumburg and other interesting things. And Did he die? No, 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 no. It's the one I've seen live. Yes, he hasn't died. And from his 1984 oh, yeah, album... Bill and Galia had him in, in their installation. Installation, thing. yes. Mm. Liebe Beamtinnen und Beamte. Liebe Beamtinnen und Beamte, liebe Beamtinnen und Beamte, liebe Beamte und Beamtinnen, liebe Beamte und Beamtinnen, die Bedingungen bedürfen besonderer Besorgnis, die Bedingungen bedürfen besonderer Besorgnis. short song well, <laughs> it was okay I want to tell you another story but whatever you're never prepared he tells me uh, stories off air <laughs> and that's not I mean the audience will be very jealous you shouldn't do that okay okay I will share this story mm, I trying don't know. to fit it in the theme no of hummus <laughs> 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 no no it fits it fits on the haters haters a little bit hipster more more so well, <laughs> we can like leave the story and okay. we can talk about the words, yeah? Okay. Okay. So w- It's a good story. <laughs> it's a good story? <laughs> no, no, it's not that good. Okay. So our next word <coughs> The next word of the day is haters. Haters. I love my haters. Okay. Haters, haters make me greater. 
That doesn't rhyme. I know it's on a on a <laughs> hoodie I bought from uh, Forever Twenty One. Make me greaters. <laughs> Turn me into greaters. Haters <laughs> <laughs> um, is a big uh, trauma of the internet generation, especially the YouTubers. Tra- learn to deal with it. Trauma, but you know, slash like fetish. Slash fetish. Yeah. 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 Like you don't count until you have haters. To be honest with you, we dealt with it very early on in our career, yeah. and I wasn't prepared. You weren't prepared. I was really not prepared Look. because I was like, okay, okay, it's fair. Oh, what no, now I understand. Wait I understand. a second. Wait a second. Yeah, Let yeah. me rewind five years ago. Yeah, let's rewind. And I want to remind you that <laughs> we, when they asked us in our first interview yeah. why we want to start this band, yeah. Is we said that it is because we will die of boredom with the rest of Greek music. Yeah, that's I my mean, problem. I didn't realize that people would not find this ri- ridiculous and funny. I thought that everyone would be like, "Ah, that's a very funny act." They're but putting. but maybe th- maybe it is because they know <laughs> that they're not good. <laughs> maybe maybe you know because when you know that you're not good, maybe maybe you are. It's very difficult to take something <laughs> lightly. <laughs> also, the, the complete lack of humor, especially in the music scene, because back then we were musicians. Yes. So in every interview that we have ever yeah. given, yeah. we say that Everyone whatever is it crap. is, not, or even if it's not exactly that, whatever <laughs> it is that we are doing, we're doing it better than anyone else. Yeah, it's Whether true. it is curation or music, music or performance. performance. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's not exactly that you should have been surprised. No, that we after have after the first year, after the Biennale did uh, thing we did, uh, then I got used to it, and I was like, okay, that's kind of an important fact of like think of what we do. People come in our interviews and they say, sometimes they sometimes they're really precious comments, like like. You're so commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like, you're like, yeah, someone wrote, you can't be more commercial than that. And it's like, really? <laughs> Thanks. Well, there are a few <laughs> we, examples. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, um, thank you. But uh, And I like when you go on YouTube and you respond to the emails, I, the, the, I, the, the comments. I used to really love responding Yeah. up until recently. What Na- happened? Recently, I don't know. You you forgot that we you went disabled cause oh, we yeah, yeah. disabled comments because I don't know. After a few years of dealing with haters, I got a little bit tired. To be honest, the thing with haters is like they are like obviously spineless and uh, they just do something. Out. They don't really think about it. And then when you deal with it, if you are not in the mood, it can bring you down. I think haters are different. And also they're shitting on, on things of uh, things we do with other people. Yeah, I mean, that's I really a very hate. difficult stuff. That's a, that is a, this is a, the most difficult thing. Um, because like... But also... Uh, this is really a unfair. I think there's a difference between the, the, the haters in Facebook... Mm. And the haters in YouTube. Yeah, I yeah think because I think Facebook, you have the name. Facebook, you have the name, and you know, I I love Facebook haters. I mean, the, the you yeah. know that the main thing that I respond is something that bullies their actual name and surname. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know that this is my Your usual answer. Yeah. And this is an answer that no matter how ridiculous it sounds, it always hurts. Yeah, it's really somehow it's as if like when they write these comments on their like life or Facebook page, it, it is as if they expect that they are like 
in I don't know in invisible. Yeah, and like then I respond, you know, you're like that because your name is like that, and then they're like, how could you do that? Yes, I am. Yes. I am only focusing <laughs> on the content. I never said anything about the fact that your name <laughs> rhymes with farting. You know, <laughs> like I would never do that. You know, I know this is so good. I I mean I that's why I love face because they're like Facebook they're, haters. They're proper trolls. They would say really hurtful things, and then the moment you will like, like insert the real, the reality of like saying their name. Yeah, they are like compl- like the whole thing collapses. <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. as if you are taking the Jenga. I mean that I thing l- out. These that's why the Facebook stuff I love. The mm. Facebook haters I love, mm-hmm. and I usually take it quite far. But yeah, with yeah, yeah. YouTube, you can't really do that because you don't have mm. inside information, mm. and. Um, very frequently people who are haters in YouTube would be like would have like a profile which is mm. just for hating or mm. for trolling like nothing I- they don't uh, upload yeah. anything you yeah. can't rack like shit on their stuff and and also I think somehow the YouTube culture is just totally vulgar yeah like um, it's not it's not like about fun anymore but it's mm. more like oh I wish you get AIDS and you know like die and stuff yeah, like that yeah um, so I would say YouTube for me, um, especially in the last few years, mm. I've decided that anything I do um, in YouTube will be one-way communication. Okay. So all com- uh, like YouTube is like my television platform. Right. I have it because I am important. Yeah. The people who write underneath are not important, mm. and therefore, if you know their feedback is not important, mm. and so. If they want feedback, they can find me in other platforms and so on. Right. Um, because YouTube, uh, YouTube trolling goes a little bit more than I can take, really. But Facebook haters, I love. Um, I think I think the the game is played on a s- sort of more equal level. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's very entertaining. <laughs> So, if you're listening our show and you're a hater, mm-hmm. contact our like our Facebook page mm-hmm. yeah. and write your mean comments there. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, I I love my haters. There is no way you will be no. left last un- year. Unanswered. We had a, we had a gorgeous hater called Anna Apostolopoulou. Oh my goodness, she needs a special segment in this <laughs> show. Yes, uh, it's a shame we've done A already, <laughs> haven't done a special mention. But yeah, it's... We um, can remember her on the K episode. Do you think the... With your real name. But uh, to go a little <laughs> bit out uh, out of the personal story and into something more general, do you mm. think that the whole internet haters thing is something that's going to go away? No. Because I, I wonder if it's if it's sl- something that slightly has to do with you know the new generation trying out internet. Uh, I think also the the loving your haters as part of like being online. Children learn about it, like so. <coughs> so I think the first generation of the internet, like Rebecca Black, for example, she felt like she was really sad with all the hating series I received. Uh-huh. I think the Rebecca Black of today, she would be absolutely thrilled. And it, it's only been ah. like three years. So you mean in a, in a sense, because obviously people haven't got harder, it's just mm. that ha- hating comments are like, we're more used to it. So they're like, yeah. they we're transparent to it. Yeah. Although, can you really be transparent to personal comments that call you... Like, you know, ugly and this and that and no one would fuck you. And, you know, because this is the sort of level mm. of discourse that, that yeah. goes on to YouTube. 
I don't know if if it's like you know people get used to wild things, you know, children growing up in war zones, etc. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, I think the new generation thinks it's like almost like a compliment. So and they stream since they are like nine years old. So they deserve the bullying. Who who is nine <laughs> years old? Oh my goodness! The Greek YouTube is full of these like weird children with really expensive cameras. What like nine years old? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten years old for sure. Before like like yeah, yeah. And they discuss like topics and stuff. It's really upsetting. There is this like little girl I'm following on YouTube, and she's like eleven, and she talks against political correctness. She's like a Trumpian baby. <laughs> she's like anti-feminism but also like pro like socialism she's really like what's this anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah I should find her and discuss it in another episode yes because I'm really really upset and also kind of captivated by her um I think that's okay for haters. Haters. Should yeah. we, should Bye, we haters. <laughs> should, should we move on? Yeah. Uh, song? What is the next song? The next song is uh, from an uh, art school all-girl trio. All very nice. Called Head Cheese. <laughs> And the, the song is called Jungle Jam. Beautiful. In the jungle! 
the first hour of our really? show really already already time flies when you're having fun i'm having such a great time and we're having so much fun mm-hmm. and uh, we're receiving so many messages from our audience uh, they love us as always there is so much love uh, we cannot take it <laughs> anymore i mean i i start it's overflowing feeling it, yeah i start feeling a little bit like Kurt cobain and madonna and you know mm. it's really difficult yeah to have such fandom you know it is a bit alarming uh and do you know what time it is what time is it it's time for (laughs) (laughs) for uh, time is it what is the time okay it's time for philosopher of the week Mm -hmm. Our, f- our favorite part of the show. No. It used to be one of our favorite, but then Frederick came in our lives, that bastard. Frederick came in our lives, but you know what? He what? said that he's going to bring me hummus from the UK. Oh, really? So I forgive him for everything. Keep, keep that uh, hummus story for the, <laughs> the hummus discussion. Okay. Um, but uh, yes, uh. who is our philosopher of the week this week? Is Jack Halberstam. Okay. Mm-hmm. That difficult and edgy writer. Oh, come on. That polarizes the queer audience. Velo. It used to be like, you know, unanimously adored. Ad- adored. Until what happened? He wrote a text about um, trigger warnings. Trigger warnings and how blog. he finds tr- trigger warnings in some context to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, he went a little bit further than that. Yeah. I mean, sh- should we discuss that particular <coughs> piece or should we make a quick overview of, like, Halberstam's no, contributions? I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the th- trigger warning thing is a very, very complex one yeah. to discuss if you... D- Maybe you we know, should keep it for the T episode. It would be like a whole, a whole, uh, yeah, it needs like a whole discussion just on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have, you know, a personal story from something that I did that uh, some people found triggering. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I went to Chuck Halberstam and I said, tell them off because they said that about my music. And he said, oh, <laughs> you're fine. You haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> it's a true story, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> but t- tell me a little bit about going um, to the authority of triggers. Yes, <laughs> you as the authority of trigger warning, help me. Um, <laughs> the so inventor. before no. before that uh, article though, that yeah. the article that polarized people about I trigger warning. I mean, he's warning. done loads of things. Like first of all, his very seminal book on female masculinity put him in the ma- on the map. Where basically one of the interesting ba- bits about that book was basically that, okay. I myself occupy a, cer- a certain s- sort of female masculinity, but we should all know that masculinity thrives when femininity is basically subordinated. So it was like a cautious tale on toxic masculinity. I don't think he uses the term toxic mas- masculinity, but the whole argument of the book is how to deal with this female masculinity. Uh-huh. Because at the time he was identified as a butch lesbian, I think. Um, so fast forward to his big hit yep the queer art of failure okay i think you should tell us a little bit about the queer art of failure it's like it's a, it's, a, it's a great great book on one of the greatest books of queer theory i think and uh basically one of the interesting things he does is the whole focus on the the, the notion of a uh, low theory low theory mm-hmm. uh so basically you know being inspired by gramsci and by um, Althusser and other guys. Um, he's interested in kind of, um, yeah, exploring the notion of like what is low culture and how can low culture produce knowledge. So a lot of the examples he uses in, in the book come from cartoons and like trash movies mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you know like really really pop things in the the, the most like severe <laughs> definition of pop. Um, like the book opens with a with a quote by SpongeBob, which I think is yeah, I mean what, <laughs> what attracted you to uh, to Halberstam in the first place. Uh huh. And yeah, one of the main arguments of the book also uses uh, examples from the film uh, The Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, that's also quite a popular movie, like co- popular comedy. Okay, but what is the queer art of failure? So basically, Halberstam, in a way, is trying to to re kind of re um, uh, embrace um negative notions okay such as stupidity forgetfulness failure illegibility uh-huh. and somehow connect these these values these negative values uh, to the notion of queerness queer and queerness and in order to substantiate that, he's also kind of following a certain kind of uh, genealogy of queer um, images and queer identities and queer struggles and queer and communities. Co- and of course, capitalism goes somewhere there. Yeah, absolutely. So if if, if capitalism is heteronormative and productive, then and it's and it's a ca- if capitalism is is success, basically, exactly the image of success. So the, the 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 purpose of our politics is to produce basically failing subjects that do not comply to these needs of capital of the capital to reproduce itself, mm-hmm. and in order to yeah that's a really kind of cool argument and really important in order to think of uh, politics outside of the emancipation kind of or rethink the emancipation of of politics. So through, through negativity. So basically. I guess I guess he's not particularly interested in the whole um, LGBT struggle for equal rights of uh, absolutely not. Right. And 
uh, he's also like influenced by Leo Bersani and Lee Endelman and all these really uh, all these like gay theorists that are really focusing on the we're not having children we hate life la la AIDS is great no they don't say that uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry um not very <laughs> are a little bit out of control I would say today it's really good that no one listens to this show because <laughs> you, you can you I could can go say to terrible jail. things yeah like like jeopardize my career. future career your, yeah your wonderful <laughs> career <laughs> incredible prospects of your career <laughs> So much careerism. But going I, th- on. I think you wanted to mention something else with regards <coughs> to Halberstam as well, though, no? No, I think <coughs> queer negativity was the thing I want to say. And uh, in relation to the whole, the so called antisocial turn queer studies, as kind of exemplified by Lee Endelman in, uh, in his book No Future. But I think what we said already pretty much um, is the the essence of what queer art of you is so let's stay there and i when i uh when i saw him speak in berlin mm-hmm. i don't know when was it four years ago three years ago three years ago mm-hmm. um for me it was very it was a gra- i mean apart from the fact that it's a very charismatic speaker and it was uh you it know it goes with uh, being american entertaining talk and all that of mm-hmm. for sure um it also helped me glue one last bit of a puzzle not a puzzle but like let's say a kind of different sides of my uh of my interests and personality which is the whole post-punk thing Mm. and i always somehow instinctively thought that um the type of uh, diy meets interest in the avant-garde let's say uh, in strange ways connections that you get around that period are useful for you know for a time to come that i that i don't think they were over um particularly as uh, in as uh, let's say discourses and uh, i was very happy to see that um he also finds that period particularly interesting i didn't this know that. Th- yeah absolutely and it was it was very much in the you know he did really speak about the early 80s and and this is and this was for me nice to come from someone who has a you know a wide in- interest in uh, uh you know lady gaga and spongebob and stuff like that so it's definitely not someone who is like you know an elitist definitely not an elitist and definitely also not someone who thinks the past romanticizes the past and so on but he seems to think that there was a, a sort of uh, particularly special thing about the way DIY cultures operated around that time, mm-hmm. which I agree with. I I think it's something to do with different things that that came all together. Anyway, I don't want to focus more on this, but yeah, it was it was somehow it was nice for me to mm-hmm. to feel that uh, okay, there are more people who who are a little bit stuck on that time, I guess, okay. uh, in terms of what it can offer us as mm-hmm. as. Uh, as creative tools, let's say. Um, that's okay, I think, for Halberstam, unless you want to add anything else. No, I think we've said. Uh, and I'll w- I want to continue with, uh, in terms of music, with a cover version mm-hmm. <coughs> from a really strange project called Hybrid Kids mm. uh, by a musician called Morgan Fisher. He, he made this collection of fo- 15 imag- uh, 15 cover versions by imaginary bands mm-hmm. 
Very nice. And I'm going to play the Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush cover oh version goodness. by the band, which is interesting because the song was like only released a year before, <laughs> <laughs> or even maybe in the same year. So oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let's listen to it. Check it out. Hey, 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 hey,
You like copper versions, oh, don't you? This particular one, I really liked. <laughs> I mean, I knew, I knew from your face, <laughs> I knew from your face that it would be like Some quite an experience. Severe, yes. Um, yes, I loved the the, the accent. Yes. Yeah. Cockney, Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Cockney, Emily Bronte. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a, and it's a nice, I mean, considering that at the moment Kate Bush is a little bit disliked by people. Uh, to um, say, to say. For her supporting Theresa May arguments. Um, it's just feminism. Yeah. <laughs> she, um, yeah. So it's, a go- it's good to have her deconstructed absolutely. severely at the absolutely, moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's move into the next word. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we have already mentioned mm. it was like a spoiler. How it's called, like in in literature. Ah, mm. when it precedes, uh, when yeah. y- when you do that, and uh, I don't there remember is word, the word right now. Yeah, I'm I'm sure right now Frederick is like, eh, uh, you mean this word? Uh, I'm German. Uh, yeah, I'm half English too. <laughs> <laughs> I use it whenever it's good for me. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> greetings to our friend <laughs> Frederick. Yeah. And um you know, uh he will be here involved in the next uh, topic of the discussion mm-hmm. without knowing. Really? Yes. Because our next word is Humus. Humus. Okay. Humus. And the humus homosexual. Homosexual generation. There is a band called homosexual. It's like a Queer, I think some members of it are Arabs. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Or Middle Eastern, I don't know. Middle Eastern queers, homosexual. Homosexual. It's quite nice. It's actually really nice. (laughs) Yes. I mean, we have obviously an issue with puns. Yeah. But we also kind of like them. Especially when they're so bad. You know know that uh, one of the earliest... Horoscopes. I remember reading about not hor, but like general characteristics of Gemini's, like earliest. I remember reading is it said that Gemini's have an equal love and hate relationship with puns. Are you serious? I'm ser- totally serious. It was like like the earliest, one of the wow. earliest things I remember. And I it's remember thinking so nuanced. I remember thinking, wow, you know. And I re- and do you remember who wrote this? And, and, I, and I remember <laughs> that my I, I I said to my ex, that's not true. I don't really like puns. <gasps> and, and and he was like. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know, well, Phil. I don't know, Phil, about that. I think <laughs> yeah. the, the description is actually pretty accurate. <laughs> You've never told me before. Yeah, I just remember it's that. Like actually, when you you know you know, when you grab the curtain of reality and you yes. see behind yes. the strings <laughs> pulling. Yeah. It's this, yeah. Since we said uh, we're not going to do horoscopes today, but we're going to do, uh, we, I thought maybe we can mention that. Yeah. But um, tell us about hummus. Like uh, you have look, a very perverse relationship to hummus. I have a very perverse relationship with hummus. I, in my opinion, I think it totally makes sense. No, uh, look, I, no, 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 I no. grew up as an adult in London. Yeah, and of course, I learned what hummus is in the UK. Right. So, I think my fa- so my favorite hummus is from the UK, mm. and when I go to Greece. I really mm-hmm. miss hummus. And but I tell my friends in the let's UK... Stop, let's stop there. What, what? S- since, since you left 
there, there, there were some developments in Greece, including Arab immigrants moving here. But they don't really make <laughs> so much hummus. <laughs> they, they, first of all, they don't produce the postmodern hummus <laughs> that you find in London. <laughs> yes, they so don't. For, for example, you can you can get like a lemon and coriander special <laughs> in Sainsbury's, and uh, yeah. that's just amazing. Yeah. Um, or you would get like a. I don't know, like a piri piri hummus or yeah, something like that. So it's they true. they do like postmodern mixes of uh, different cultures. It's true. And they use hummus as the basis, and mm-hmm. they they mix it with avocado and this and that, and it's really quite spectacular the result. <laughs> oh my goodness! And and I the Sainsbury's yeah. appreciation show. <laughs> and actually, uh, I remember like when we first met. You would like visit London and then you would go away to go to back to Berlin, for example, and then your bag would be full of hummus. And I would be like, what the fuck? There is no way you cannot find the exact same thing I in can, Berlin. Uh, the, the, the hummus they have in Berlin has too much tahini and I don't like that. Right. It's kind of bitter. <laughs> and and uh, hummus is... Uh, so you for know. you, hummus is, 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 a, is a London, like a UK thing. It's a UK thing, absolutely. <laughs> and when I tell people in London that I'm, I've missed hummus because I was in Greece, <laughs> you know, and of course you know that the hummus, for, 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 the U- for English people, hummus is like a mixture of southern things. Yeah. So they think Cyprus, Greece... You know, Lebanon, all hummus lands. Yeah, they don't know. I'm sure many of our non non um, Greek uh, um, like listeners now yeah. don't actually know that there is no. You cannot find hummus here. <laughs> That's bullshit. What? <laughs> you, you you can find. Yeah, you can here. find a little bit of hummus here. Okay, now, but. It's like do Greeks eat hu- hummus as part of Greek cuisine? No. They eat fava beans. Right, delicious. And I, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I hate fava. And I what was for fuck's sake. What's wrong with fava? I, I was talking with it's Fred, really sweet. Frederick the other day about hummus. He comes a lot. And he, he comes s- up a lot today. He, he said to me. He said to me. I said. To, I said to him. I want some hummus. And he, and he said, which one is it that you like? The one that is the genocidal one. Oh. And I said. Oh, that's interesting. Which one is the genocide? Oh my goodness, I have no <laughs> clue. <laughs> it's something about Israel, right? It's, he said. He said it's something. He's German and uh, anti-Semitic. It, it, it's one which is named after a genocide. What? Yes. Um, it's uh, there's a brand which is which I really love called Sabra. Oh my goodness! Which was a part of a town of town in Beirut and eponymous massacre committed by right-wing phalanges of sheets and. Oh, it's a. It's Palestinians during their Lebanese civil war. Oh, it's a Lebanese civil war. Yes, yeah. and um, I was like, "Oh my God!" I didn't, I didn't, I never really realized that um, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. There is an <laughs> intensity to the to the hummus that I eat. Um, Quite a severe one. Um, I don't know anything about it, the way it's produced. Uh, <laughs> or, 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 uh, My but goodness, that's but really interesting, actually. When, I didn't he know. <laughs> when he told me that, I thought, okay, look, I'm not going to eat that brand any longer because it's a little bit dodgy. So I'm going to eat only Sainsbury's one, okay, uh, which is like the standard one that they have in the UK. Okay. And I really like it. Okay. And the people who are listening from the UK should bring me some hummus wha- if they visit Greece, please. Oh my goodness! I because re- I really like UK hummus and I miss it. And and you know what? I I thought you would like this story because 
it's it goes to show that that food is just very subjective in terms of like the different stories that people have which is it? something you don't usually support no <laughs> i know i, I <laughs> I knew I knew you would say that when I immediately because you usually think that there is a right way to make food and a wrong way. No, to make I food. I don't think that there is a wrong way and a right way to make food. Abs- you absolutely do. No, I think and that usually your way is the right way. No, it's just what? with hummus you cannot really make any argument. No, so you, you have to go to all the way to the emo- let's. Oh, food is all about the Emo- memories, memories and emotions. <laughs> Such an like, asshole. Fuck off. Look, look, look. <laughs> uh, let me clear you up. You literally made me spit food that, you know, I didn't think was like... <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. Things are very simple. I don't think... I did. I never said that people should not have emotional contact with specific food. I, for once, right. I eat terrible Greek burgers because they remind me of my childhood and I say yes they remind me of my childhood however (laughs) I would never go to you know like a uh, a Lebanese restaurant and tell them oh I don't oh. like the way you make hummus because I think Tesco's does it better <laughs> and I think the you know the appropriate recipes from Tesco's I wouldn't say that right uh, so all I'm saying is that there are <coughs> there is such a thing as recipes that have been mm. uh, practiced for hundreds of years by humans mm-hmm. and some of these recipes resonate nicely in time and that's why i like to know how to do them right that's why i like to know which sort of spices are traditionally for 300 years used with a particular type of lentil for example Mm -hmm. and if i want afterwards to change that to make nouvelle cuisine or if i prefer to eat them the way my mom made them because Mm -hmm. she didn't Mm -hmm. know what the original recipe is or she preferred the original recipe for sure i accept that okay but knowing that this is a deviation from the traditional recipe okay that's all i'm saying that's all you're saying that's true. all i'm saying let's move to a song <laughs> yes let's move to a song
So, we're back. We're back and... Uh, How many hours is the show going to last? The show is two hours and this is our last half an hour actually. Oh, okay. So half an hour? Half an hour, yeah. Oh, we have... I didn't remember our show is so long. Another two words and uh, maybe and a poet if we want. If we want. If we you're have in, a poet. in the mood for we the poet uh, very nice of the week. Um, so, what is the next word? Whatever. Yeah, the next word is homeopathy. Oh, homeopathy. Mm, mm. It's really challenging. I see all of our friends, yeah. all of them, but many of them are doing homeopathy. Yes. Um, and they, it really works. That's my most like... Yes. Have you ever tried homeopathy? Um, I haven't. Mm. I... Almost tried. <laughs> Sounds like a good story. I can tell you the story. Yes, please, please. Um, <coughs> most of my family goes to a particular homeopathy practitioner. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you know, but the homeopathy practitioners are a bit like gurus. You don't like, you choose, you don't like, they're not interchangeable and stuff I like see. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the fact that I'm using the term gurus, I'm sure some of them would be like, they would not yeah. like it. But um, for sure, this particular one I describe is in the sense of that, you know, he, you know, my family would travel like two hours, two Mm. and a half hours Mm. to go because he wasn't in the same hometown as Mm. us and so on. So um, I, um, you know, I, um, there is an interesting part of the story which has to do with um, my brother's reaction to homeopathy because he... He doesn't like, I guess, that sort of stuff. Mm. I don't know what to call them. The like new agey. The maybe new agey stuff. Um, so um, the first time I met this person, uh, I met I met this person as a for an initial consultation, mm-hmm. and then I would go for the in-depth consultation. Right. So the in the initial consultation, um, I did some like blood tests and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I had the blood tests mm-hmm. and showed the blood tests. And then he said that I shouldn't be eating onion and, and, mm-hmm. and things like this. And w- then when I told my brother about the onion, he was a bit like, and maybe on Tuesday you should get <laughs> the blood of a virgin because the whole you shouldn't eat onion, but without any explanation as to why I shouldn't eat onion was a bit like. And at that point <coughs> I was a bit like, ah, oh, don't be like this, you know, onion can actually be bad for the stomach and this and that. Um, although he, ov- ov- he of course was referring to onion for its, I don't know, whatever, the you know, yeah. energy mm-hmm. issue or whatever. The aura of the onion, <laughs> or something like that. But at that point, I really—I mean—I had these really annoying headaches, and I actually wanted mm-hmm. uh, wanted to believe in something, and I wanted mm-hmm. to help myself. And so I was like, "Oh, don't be negative. I wanna—I wanna try it. I wanna give it a go." So I go to have the proper consultation, the one that would last long, and mm-hmm. and um, he asked me. Um, some questions to do with sexuality and stuff like okay. that. Okay. And I was like, oh, Ooh, so saucy. Saucy, edgy, advanced, you know, um, yeah. a, a combination of the above. <laughs> um, and uh, so he, he makes like a, a, ho- a quite a large profiling, I would say, like yeah. a lot of questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, n- not questions of uh, childhood or things like that, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but, 
favorite things mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know um, the things to do with what tires me and what keeps mm-hmm. my attention going and uh, you know it's the, like I don't know like character traits I would I say see. and so I he compiles this big list of stuff I am let's say intrigued mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he says to me um, what we're going to do is going to include this and this and this mm-hmm. says some things um, and I, what I would like to tell you is that we're not going to do anything about homosexuality <laughs> <laughs> and at the beginning I didn't really why, why, realize why I didn't I didn't I didn't realize we are in a kind of you know uh, <laughs> conversion cleaning kind of <laughs> language um, so you know that suddenly I'm talking to a you stop eating <laughs> you know, onions a, a and next day uh, next next day, thing you know <laughs> next thing you know I buy Playboy magazine um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize we're there and I was like I, I said something like excuse me <laughs> And he said, "I want you to know that yes. I th- that I don't think there is anything abnormal yes. about homosexuality, oh my and we're not going to actually deal with that <laughs> in the homeopathy sessions." <laughs> you realize that, of course, I did not manage to pay attention to the rest of the <laughs> consultation, which was actually about headaches. <laughs> Sorry, but I have like to add a little bit about homeopathy. Uh, last year, I was um, a fellow of um, a Robert Bosch uh, Foundation project. Yeah. So Robert Bosch, they told us when we went to Stuttgart to his house, they told us a little bit about his life. So he was very rich because he invented many things, including the vacuum cleaner and stuff. Yeah. It's <laughs> why you're laughing. That's quite quite a good thing. No, it's great. I, w- I would never <laughs> clean a- anything without a vacuum. <laughs> Hoover. Hoover. Um, so he invented many, many things and uh, uh, by and he already had quite some money from his family. Uh, so by the time he was 40, he had quite a massive empire, like, like a global empire. The Bosch, you know, uh, how you Bra- call that? Brand, yeah. The, the, the Bosch, like, tools mm. and electric appliances, stuff, appliances yeah. and stuff. Basically everything. So at the time he wanted to do something for Stuttgart. So <laughs> Beautiful Stuttgart. Such a beautiful place. <laughs> I miss it wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. Many kisses to our friends in Stuttgart. Yes. Um, so <laughs> he was a big fan of homeopathy like a big fan. So homeopathy at the time was huge in Germany. And all the new, like, you know... At which time was that? Uh, beginning of the 20th century. Okay. So all of the, like, industrialists, they liked it because they thought that it made sense mechanically to move forward in a holistic blah-blah model. So he's he sets up this massive, the biggest in the world homeopathy hospital sorry i'm laughing it's not actually funny and then world war one starts <laughs> so project didn't go that way so, so they're like okay homeopathy is great but people are like need you know like <laughs> actual <laughs> medicine they have no arms 
<laughs> you can't do much. So, like, they take the hospital. The, the state makes it into a real hospital. All the homeopathy doctors go on vacation or, or to the war. Then, 10 years later, Robert Bush is like, okay, what, what about homeopathy? <laughs> Let's make the hospital a homeopathy hospital again, the biggest in the world. And they're like, nah. <laughs> no, no, they actually do it. Oh. And five years later, we have World War II. <laughs> This is the funniest story you would hear about two world wars. <laughs> so he's like, at this time, he's like very old. And uh, yeah, and he's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> but he's not great, especially with these advanced uh, weapons <laughs> the Americans are throwing on us. He was also not a Nazi. He was not a collaborator. Or at least that's what they told us in the institute. So at the end, you know, after all this, he was like, fuck it, you can have the hospital. <laughs> Just make sure you have like a homeopathy clinic in the hospital. <laughs> Which now the German state is trying to like close down. But yeah, but that's the story. <laughs> very nice story. Thank you. Um, in fact, your story was so nice that, uh, you know, going into this kind of, um, you know, hospital-y mode, yeah. it changed my mind about what should be the next song. Okay, that's and very so, interesting. So I was going to play something more, um, uh, let's say, wild, but okay. I decided to play something more clinical, as ah. it were. Um, so the next song is by a band called Hamburger Old all stars oh that's beautiful and the song is called studded leather jacket mm.
of a poet is a bit unconventional in what way in the way that pe- people know this uh, writer as a as an academic and philosopher uh-huh it's bell hooks uh, but she's written some beautiful poetry as well it's uh, I don't know I really like her poetry uh, unlike other things we picked is more on the kind of you know beautiful poetic kind of landscape uh, writing. The Chinese poets you picked were also mm. in that vein, it's no? True, no? It's Weren't true. They? Yeah, yeah, <coughs> absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Here we go. Two poems. I must say that uh, usually I practice a little bit the poems, mm. but today I haven't practiced m- them. It's because of the hospital. So it's Prima Vista. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Clouds dressed in grey for mourning, for grief held, white for adoration, dark for sorrow, come soon, an eternity simply hidden, where all sun and glory reigns. Even so, in this now there is just a promise of shadows relentless. That was one. And another one. Burning pain has its own rhythm, back and back, shaking the foundation of trees once strong, brought down by fire, by fierce want, uprooted, all solid, familiar ground, naked now, going once, going twice, leaving damaged and broken, Unending blackness. Okay, thank you. They're very nice works, actually. Yeah, yeah, her work is really beautiful. It's I really I s- dif- different to her, obviously, to her more political work. I mean, um, it's it's. Uh, <coughs> I mean, it is political in it's a different way. Incredible how you can be, you, you know, we might be, we get very harsh with English, mm. I would say, because in a Greek context, this would be quite a minimalist poet. <laughs> Absolutely, it's true. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, you, you at the beginning, you said oh, they're more emotional mm. and, and so on. But no, imagine how, 
how simple and and uh, mm. you know sparse this is in comparison to most uh, Greek poetry. But Absolutely. let's let's not go into the Greek poetry bashing. No, no, no. Thing it's again, it's which like is what we very frequently do. Yeah, it's like an imagist kind of you know. Yeah. Also, she's using deliberately like very simple language, so it's quite it's quite you know it's not uh, pretentious or anything. I I, I really like. Um, but since the poems were so short today, mm-hmm. should we pick a word before we move into a song? Prima Vista, yeah, why not? Are you not ready? Would you want a song? Let's do like a simple word. Uh, like uh, a word that does not need lots of analysis. Okay. Will you give me the drum roll? <laughs> the word is hotels. Hotels? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. I didn't remember writing down this word. You didn't. No. Oh, oh you yeah. did. Maybe I don't know. I really like hotels. You like hotels mm-hmm. more than Airbnbs. Oh my God, so much more. But Airbnbs, you can see people's like personal things. Whatever. You're not interested. Like seriously, I never like. I was with a friend, and we went to this house and. Um, that's maybe something I shouldn't share. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she was like opening all the drawers and seeing like, oh, let's see what they have. And I was like, first of all, that's not appropriate. But second of all, I wasn't interested really. I in was people's like, whatever. In people's private yeah. things. I don't even I'm not even interested in what is what is in my drawers. Um Okay, tell tell me about I your. I like lo- the fantasy, like you know, like the bitniks, like living in hotels and stuff. I like this, like you know. Uh, what what's that fantasy? I'm not sure. I'm getting it. No, there is no such fantasy. There is <laughs> what's the Being what's a writer, living in a hotel, I think, or an artist in general, and living in a hotel. Yeah, like but hotels are expensive. How can you afford them? No, you live in like really shabby hotels and you make a special agreement. <coughs> ah, mm. in the United States. Yeah. Or in uh, expensive cities. Yeah. Something like that. But the thing with hotels is like, you know, it's not a house basically. You don't have to put any effort into making it like nice. Uh-huh. You j- you're just there. If you're like you have someone cleaning your like sheets and stuff, and then what do you mean if you're lucky? If you are, in they have that. In yeah, hotels. in most hotels. <laughs> and then <laughs> if they don't clean your sheets, then what's the point of going going into a hotel? <laughs> oh my god, you're ruining the fantasy. And then you have breakfast. That's another thing I really like. Yeah. Well, look, I quite like hotels. I mean, but in a in a sort of melancholy way. Mm, yeah. <coughs> because they are kind of these non-spaces, really. Aren't Absolutely. They? Yeah. They're a bit like, you know, a bit like borders or mm. or or airports or whatever. Mm. It's this kind of. I mean, okay, it's not as much a non-space mm. as this, but also the fact that it pre- pre- pretends to be a house. Mm. It's like a fake house, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Um but what about would you would you like these hotels for example in I don't know in Hong Kong there is just a capsule what how would you find a hotel like I mean this? I kind of stayed in a in a place like similar to that uh, in in LA that they, they didn't have captures but uh it was like a hostel but instead of having just like a a, a bed you had like um 
like a pod, as they called them, which was basically a box. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really liked it there. Yeah, but you like... Uh, why, should, why shouldn't have asked? Because you like confined spaces. <laughs> <laughs> you're like... You're like... You, you love non-quality of life. <laughs> like, like you're, you're the opposite in that sense. I remember, like, when we go to an Airbnb or something and we're staying together, you're always, like, you know, using the camping nets and you're putting your clothes in the, like, closet and all these, like... Y- uh, look, oh. I, I I have a problem. Yes, I I think I am I I don't I I don't like hotels <coughs> because and in a sense, I mean, one could say that I I would find Airbnbs in that sense even worse because every time I go somewhere, I want to make it like a little house yeah, experience. Yeah, I hate that. Um, if I could, I could. If I could live in hotels my whole life without having that would be a dream to me. <sighs> You're like the, you know the stoic philosophers <laughs> <laughs> all you want is the internet all i want is <laughs> all i want is a w- the wi-fi and breakfast and yeah. you can live your life like this yeah so you n- you need the wi-fi and a cook basically like your dream of luxurious life would be like a I w- I don't know what they call it T T four or whatever they call these super <laughs> fast lines, <laughs> and a cook servant. I like a, ma- a massage from time to time. Ah, okay, <laughs> and a massage from time to time, <laughs> but no luxurious house or anything like this. No hotels. Hotels are the future then, of luxury. Yeah, it's. I'm curious, like what are, what are hotels planning on doing? After all this Airbnb kind of going on. Poor hotels. Poor <laughs> hotels. No one thinks of them. <laughs> and uh, this brings us to the end of the show. Really? Yes. Already? We, we have like one more song to play. Mm. And uh, and out of all the words I could have picked, I picked hotels for the last And one. actually, it's, I, I, I think it, it's quite nice because I, I want to play... Um, a fairly a very known band <coughs> but a fairly unknown early project of theirs um the band is H- the human league mm. but i'm going to play um a s- uh, the first part of a four part ep they created called the dignity of labor beautiful. and i think it it wonderfully sums up uh, the sh- the show and the discussion <coughs> of my hotels my bourgeois fantasies <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, everybody. This is the best show, the ABC of Ita. It has been the letter H, and thank you for listening, tuning in, and uh, yeah. Goodbye. See you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye.